This is the place to play with the most powerful principles of manifestation in the quantum field on a daily basis. This is Sanctuary of She, Soul, Human, Energy, and I'm your host, Katie Blair. We're a podcast, an app, and a community where women meet the version of themselves they came here to be and build the lives they came here to live. Welcome to this moment. Welcome to your sanctuary. Hello and welcome to Mid-Year Momentum. If you're listening to this in real time, we have just crossed the mid-year mark in 2023 and I'm so excited to invite you into this mini-series in honor of this time. If this is your first time in the Sanctuary of She community, welcome. I'm so glad you're here and I can't wait to meet you. My name is Katie. I cannot wait to introduce you to the eight guest speakers that we have coming to you in this mini series over the next week. Before I introduce you to today's mentor, there's three quick things that I want to let you know about. The first one is that there is a video version of each of these podcast interviews available inside the community. So you're welcome to listen to these in your ears. And if you want to pour a cup of tea or an iced coffee and get a blanket or go out by the pool and actually be with us face to face for these interviews, that is available to you inside the community. Number two is there is a live workshop that's going to be paired with each of these interviews. The interviews are meant to get the energy moving, the thoughts going, dreaming bigger, thinking different, really getting you into a different energetic space. And then the live workshops, we're going to be actually bringing them to life with grounded experiences, teachings, and tools. And at the end of each of these interviews, we're going to kind of give you an insight into what each workshop is going to be about. And all of those are going to be live the second week of July inside of the Sanctuary of She community. If you can make it live with us, amazing. If not, all the recordings will be there. And so you can access either the video versions of these podcasts and or the live workshops inside the Sanctuary of She community. If it's your first time in the community, you can use the code SANCTUARY to get a free month so that you can soak all this up for free and then you can stay and hang out if you wish. The link to get into the community is in the show notes of this episode. And the final and third thing is that we are doing a giveaway. If you're with us live in this for the first two weeks of July, whenever you come across an episode that you love or a moment in a workshop that you love, take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories, tag Sanctuary of She and Katie underscore underscore Blair. Those will be in the show notes and you can be entered to win a cash prize of $111. And then there's going to be a couple other things going that will all be going at the end of this. Every time you post, your name gets put into the draw. So without further ado, welcome to Mid-Year Momentum. And here is today's speaker. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Sanctuary of She podcast. We have Obsidian White today. Mm, I'm so excited for you to get to know and meet and dive into the depths of this woman. I want to give her her introduction before we dive in. So Obsidian mentors leaders to discover and activate their spiritual gifts, embody authenticity, and develop the skill set to express their passions in the world. Obsidian is a ceremonialist, a Reiki master teacher, 
vinyasa and kundalini yoga instructor, sound healer, somatic guide, and the founder of Temple of the Heart, her newest endeavor, to be an international community of conscious leaders devoted to curating positive change on the planet. Obsidian, welcome to the Sanctuary of She podcast. Oh my gosh, Katie Blair, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here today. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I just want to start this by kind of just giving you guys insight to how Obsidian and I know each other. Because this story is just, she is one of my most special friends and dearest sisters. And the journey we've been on together is unlike anything I've experienced with any other human. So this woman actually found my account through a hashtag in 2018. 2018, yeah? Yeah, 2018. And I didn't even know this until a couple weeks ago. She found me through a hashtag. Okay, I'm sitting at lunch with some of my friends and I bring up the conversation of crystals and I say out loud to the girls that I'm at lunch with, I need an obsidian in my life. In that moment, I get an Instagram message. Her account on Instagram, inspired by Obsidian, has sent you a message. And I was like, no way. What? She reaches out and she's like, hey, you rock. Like, would you be open to having a phone conversation? I'd love to meet you and get like, let's let's just like be friends. And I was like, great. So we talked on the phone. She came up to Seattle a couple weeks later, and the very first day that we met in person, we hosted a cacao ceremony together. Exquisite. Who does that? And then from there, she used to come and assist me on the teen retreats that I would lead. She would come and be a mentor there. Um, uh, Oh my gosh, what have we done? We're going to go into this a bit together, but we have formed, which is why I wanted her to come be part of this event and introduce you into this com- into this community because we have journeyed in deep, 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 deep plant medicine realms together. So this woman, it's a huge part of her work, which she's gonna get into in a bit, the ceremonial space and really navigating so many depths. And her and I have met in so many different layers and frequencies and the energy that we've created as friends and as women in this work together is just beyond. She's been there for some of my most vulnerable moments and purges and transformations and tears and I for her. She was just out here visiting me in Hawaii a couple weeks ago. We're working together right now to build out Temple of the Heart and just overall Obsidian. I am so happy that you're here and I'm so excited to crack open so much of the conversation that we're going to have today. Me too. (laughs) So excited. And it's just, it's beautiful to reflect on this journey together and seeing you articulate it and the whole story of how our friendship has come into what it is today. It's so beautiful to reflect on. I'm excited. I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay. So the first question that I want to ask you is really kind of, can you tell us about the journey that you've been on to understanding the importance of activating our spiritual gifts and kind of how that's opened up this huge layer of your dharma, which is to help people access, learn how to access their spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. Wow. So 
I mean, I just have to look at the beginning of the beginning where the first like crack open happened for me. And um, of course, as it always does, this story, it's a tale of life and death. Um, my father passed away from brain cancer when I was 11 years old. And I had the opportunity, really, I see it, to get to be with him the moment that he transcended. And in that moment of watching his soul leave his body, um, I had a spiritual experience at 11 years old of questioning, like, what is, what is life about? Why am I here? I was so young, right? And, I mean, those were questions that were beyond my years. Um, and I, but it put me on the path of seeking you know, answers. What is my purpose? Why am I here from a really young age? So through that seeking, you know, they say, as you seek, you shall find. Mm -hmm. It's always been the journey of me, an earnest seeker of love and of truth. Um, um, it's just brought me to this space. I mean, so many layers and so many different chapters of my journey of unraveling who I thought that I was to reveal more of my soul. And why this has been so important for me is because it's like, what really else is there on this path of being human and being in the world, but like really embodying soul and, and at that, on that same thread, really recognizing that we're these gorgeous humans on this earth, having this incredible experience. And so to get to embrace the humanity, to get to embody the soul, to get to activate our innate potential, and then to get to express it in the world, Right. I mean, it's like that is the purpose that I found in existence. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And I literally could not agree more. I think that when we're on this path of really opening up to understand ourselves at so many different layers, that's when we actually are in our purpose. It's not always something that we're going towards. It's about welcoming and understanding and dropping into looking in the mirror and saying, how well do I know myself? Not just in this body, but in the depths of the mind, in the depths of where I've been, where I come from, where I'm going, what I'm a part of, what this existence and experience is. And I feel like that's where you are so magnificent in the ceremonial spaces because the way you navigate and hold space for these processes to happen is one of the most truly life-changing things I've ever experienced. What does kind of being, what has being in these ceremony spaces done for your life? <laughs> The, the first thing that I want to answer to that, I mean, I think it's just so central is the, and, and this is, this is maybe contrary to our initial thought of like doing this deep ceremonial work, which is expansive and exploring the realms and exploring, you know, our, our true nature. But what this ceremonial work has really done for me at a foundational level has grounded me into my body. It's brought me right back here into the truth of what is, to the truth of 
how to listen to my body, how to take mm-hmm. care of myself, mm-hmm. how to love myself more, how to honor fellow humans, how to forgive those that have hurt me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How to how to really live a life that is truly meaningful. That's what the ceremonial work has done for me. And I think once you start to crack that open, you realize how many wells, oceans deep there is to navigate and explore inside of there. I want to note that something I think that is really magnificent about your work is that at 18 years old, you started leading women's circles. So this is like, when I say Obsidian's an old soul, I mean, like Obsidian came into this world on a mission. At 18, you started leading women's circles and bringing people together. And then that morphed you kind of into the plant medicine circles where the last three years, you've been very, very, very consistently in the work of navigating those spaces in the circles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been facilitating as Katie shared since I was 18. Right. And through that path of, of unraveling, I mean, it just brought me to a point where it was time for me to let go even more, to shed even deeper. And that was really what brought me into the plant medicine work, was facilitating at such a young age without really having a a solid foundation of like, who, I mean, who am I really, right? And so the ceremonial work, working with the plant medicine has helped me to discover myself and then to, and then to get to create myself. Can you touch on that a little bit more? Discover yourself and then create yourself by learning how to see yourself in deeper and deeper ways. What does that mean to you? Well, I'm, I think that the first, the first layer is around um, forgiveness because mm-hmm. I came into the plant medicine world um, with with a lot of curiosity and a lot of excitement around exploring consciousness and around being um, kind of even out of my body. And I, I got to learn through forgiving myself for not taking care of my body and for not showing up for myself the way that I really deeply deserved and forgiving my mother for not showing up for me in the way that I deeply deserved. Right. So it's like this been this deep path of forgiveness, 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 letting go, letting go, letting go, rebuilding. And it's just like the, the courage to keep moving forward with each layer that we're talking about unraveling, peeling back, to keep moving forward, to keep really, then there's this, this space of compassion. We have the forgiveness and then we have the, the compassion. And that is like how we get to integrate our shadow, right? It's this space of like recognizing that through our humanity and through the, all of the wounding um, from our family and generations back and the crisis in the world and the violence that we see everywhere. It's like this state of embodied passion for understanding the human journey and compassion for ourselves for being mm-hmm. perfect. Right? It's forgiveness, compassion, and the 
deepest, deepest lesson for me in this discovering and creating myself is around presence. Because when I can bring all of myself right here into this moment and just let everything be enough, perfect as it is, then I access this potential to then create, create anything. It's all here. I'm boundless and limitless. Presence is such a theme right now in this event. And I just love it because it all comes back to that. I'm curious what your thoughts are. You've gone so deep into the healing journey, probably deeper than any other human that I know on this planet. And through that journey, what have you come to learn about the healing journey itself, as well as the layers of healing as they pertain to someone truly being able to become present? Beautiful inquiries. So this word healing, I think that sometimes depending upon the listener and depending upon what they are really hearing when they hear that word may think that like we're healing because something like there's something to fix or there's something to change or something to move. But I think that the key piece for me is, um, is remembering that I already, this has been so crucial and it's so big and we hear this so much and it is that we already are whole. We already are enough as we are. And so when we're talking about peeling back all of these layers, it's just the, it's the belief systems, it's the conditioning, it's the fears, but it's the remembering that underneath all of that, there is a sense of wholeness. There is a sense of completeness and that is always there always there. It can never be taken from us. Yes. It's like the, the big word that we were kind of talking about lately is surrender and finding the completeness through the surrender of accepting and having forgiveness and compassion so that you can land and so that you can be and so that you can receive and so that you can be Become the conscious creator of your life. So when we lean into that word surrender, as it stands in today on the timeline of your life, what is the power of this word to you? Oh my gosh, so fast. So mm-hmm. fast. The power of this word. I mean, it's like <laughs> I have this visual of like, jumping off this gorgeous cliff and it's trusting that the wings will spread and that you will be taken and you will be carried and that there's no such thing as failure. There's no such, this couldn't even be possible because we're always being guided. We're always being led. And so the opportunity that surrender invites us into is that perfect trust and that perfect faith that we are being guided. And then it also opens us up to the highest timeline for our lives. You know, what we're really meant to be doing and how we're really meant to be serving and sharing ourselves in the world. It, it naturally happens through this place of surrender. 
And in, in that trusting and that free falling and in that knowing that we will be held and that knowing that we're always guided, the willingness to travel to the depths, the willingness to feel everything that there is to feel in those layers and yeah, to forgive and to shed and to release so that we can be more free ultimately. It's like so that we can like lighten our load and really feel the expansiveness of our true nature. And then through that expanse, get to serve the, however many people we're meant to be serving. I mean, that, I mean, it's literally, it's like our lives get to be completely taken by source, by the universe, by God, whatever it is that you resonate with. I would love to hear your expansion on through source universe God. And you say the trust that we're always guided. What do you mean by that? The trust that we're always guided. The trust that we couldn't possibly know. We couldn't possibly know what is ahead of us because we've only experienced so far as of yet what has been and what is currently. And like we're talking about these layers, there's always a a way to like shift our perspective and to shift our state of being so that we can see more clearly, experience life more fully and um, really be able to know that through trusting in the uncertainty to trusting in the unseen, there's a a greater force, there's a fabric to life, there's a prana that exists for us only to grow and for our thriving only. And we're inhaling that in every moment. Yes. I think that something you just said in there is so key, which is cultivating the awareness to shift perspective. Because when we can do that, we are back in control. What are some of, when we talk about this, utilizing this journey of going in to come to wholeness, to come to presence, to trust in the unknown, shifting perspective. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, it's, it's so beautiful. So in the, in the heartbeat of my work, right, I really teach about uh, power-centered embodiment. So when we're, how do we embody our power in the right now, but to let go of any perceived idea of control, that we have any control, because we really, we really don't, but we do have power. We do have power. And in that power, right, it's like, feel the way that like that word power versus control feels in your body. Like, if you, I, th- I feel like when I hear the word control, I feel like there's like a robot that's like <laughs> moving through life very calculated with decisions has to be this way to, to fit this description. But how limited in perspective is that really? Right? But in this space of shifting our understanding around what it really means to be in a space of power, to be in a space of presence, to be in a space of choice, understanding that everyone has access to this place. Right? 
we get to experience the opportunity to change our vibration, to shift our state of being, which then literally creates a ripple effect all the way around us and changes, changes reality. Right. And sometimes this happens at the, at the most subtle level, but it's, it's really all created through the embodiment of presence and, if, and let's talk about, I mean, the safety piece, like, because when we hear this word control, I mean, it almost implies that we have to control because there's the lack of potential safety. But in the space of power, in that space of embodying our wholeness, knowing that we are always safe, we are always home because home is here in our hearts and our bodies. This is, this is where we're meant to be, always where we are. This is safe. Being here is safe then we can engage the moment and create, actualize our potential and really create our reality from a space of power-centered embodiment. I love that. I love how you just discerned kind of control versus power versus safety. What about for the person who's hearing this and they're saying, I see what you're saying. And maybe it's, not necessarily safety, but they're experiencing in their life something where they're like, yeah, but this is not peace in here. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how to access peace in here. Maybe it's truly like they are not safe. They don't feel safe in their body. Maybe it's even from their own mind or from their environment or from their past, or it's just the chaos of what's going on around them so often that accessing something like safety or peace just by closing their eyes and being with themselves is such a foreign concept. What is, what is a route that you would direct or advise someone to start working with this piece in, inside themselves? Mm -hmm. Well, if, if some, if you're listening and if there's someone that is in a state of like feeling fragile, feeling unsafe in your environment, feeling uncertain and unsettled in your body and your physical field, what is most important is that you go to places where you can experience sense of safety, where you can experience a sense of being um, held, being cared for. So if that's not in your home, if that's not in your physical body, who do you know in your life that unconditionally loves you and where can you go whether it's you don't have someone in your life that you feel that sense of unconditional love and support how can you bring yourself into nature how can you bring yourself into places where you can really rest into the environment and let yourself be held in that space and through that there's like the there's the reprogramming that gets to happen on an, on an energetic cellular level because you can actually allow yourself to relax and to receive the environment that's around you. And then from that space, begin to know that no matter what you're feeling, no matter what you're going through, no matter how challenging life is, you're going to be okay. Can you, I love that. That was beautiful. I want to go into when these shifts happen consciously in such a deep place that has been unconscious or held in the subconscious up until that point, and then integrating that 
in the everyday life because you can experience, we experience these all the time. And we can be in nature and something can hit and there's a little bell that goes off where it hits something so deep, but it provides an opportunity with awareness to say, I choose different. I choose a different narrative here. Whether it's by yourself in nature, whether it's doing something huge, it doesn't matter. Like when these moments come in, how how do you capture that and bring it with you into the following days and weeks and months in a way that actually gets to let this rewriting and recoding process play out? There's so many different angles to answer that question. And there's so many different paths that we can go towards, towards embodiment, right? I I mean, I want to bring it back to the most basic fundamentals, which I know you teach about in Sanctuary of She. For the first, for the first piece is like when we have these, these huge expansive moments of these, these understandings, these remembrances of who we actually are and how, how powerful we actually are. And yeah, these remembrances that no matter what we're supported, no matter what we're going to get where we're going because life supports us because that's just inherent in existence, right? There's this, this repatterning gets to happen through mm, the breath, through consciously like creating space for ourselves on a daily basis to be able to sit in stillness, to be able to sit and breathe and connect and remember and track mm, these moments that are that are maybe we have big expansions or big downloads or big breakthroughs happen. Like this, in the stillness and in this space of quiet ceremony with ourselves is where these pieces get to land. Yes, 100%. My saying lately has been slow down to speed up. Mm-hmm. Because when we actually slow down, we can actually listen to what's going on right beneath the surface. Can you imagine giving yourself five minutes to bring up what's truly going on right below the surface where it's not just, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. See you later. How are you? How am I? Like in in a couple seconds, you actually tune into how am I really? And if you, if we allow these things to come to the surface and hold awareness and witness how much of this is serving me to hold, how much of this I actually don't choose to hold at all. I don't really know why it's here. It's just normally here, but I can let that go. And is there anything missing that I desire to pull in to fuel where I'm at right now? It's like a recoding of the inside and then we're on our way. What are... I know you speak to control dramas a lot, which I want to hear you expand on, but kind of these scenarios that we will create or live in that keep us contained in drama-filled narratives simply because we don't know another way. Can you speak into that? 
Absolutely. And so for, for everyone that's listening and we're at this, this point of exploring control dramas, I just invite you to take a moment and drop into where in your life are you trying to control something? Where in your life do you feel most unsettled or most unsafe or most unsure? And then once that feels clear to you, immediately understanding and knowing that because you're feeling uncertain and safe in that area, it's because you're operating from a space of control. Because when we're operating in a space of power, right, it, it completely changes, it changes the game completely changes the game. So, I mean, this is a whole other expansive conversation around like, okay, so if I'm feeling uncertain and unsafe, and if that tells me that I'm operating in a place of control, how do I then shift to being in a space of power? What does that actually mean? What does that look like? How can I embody that in my daily life? We're talking about creating space for ceremony, creating space for stillness, creating space to just let all these things settle. And the power of your awareness that you can even just recognize, okay, in this specific area, the first piece that's coming up that I know many of you probably, this is, you know, where your mind took you is around money, right? Is around, um, it, it, I see this most in the world around scarcity, around this lack mindset of like, I don't have enough. And so we try to control, um, we, we're in a space of fear. So we try to control, um, you know, what we're spending, how much we're spending, like what, like we, we, we get, I mean, I even feel the, the sense of constriction speaking about it because it's a place that I'm really expanding to in my life right now is I've just moved into my own space and I'm really claiming this, this new evolution of my work and of my business. It's like really looking at the places where we feel constricted and confined in the story that we're telling ourselves around it. Right. This is how we can kind of recognize the control drama. And what we'll also find when we do this exploration work, of what is the story I'm telling myself around this, is that the story, if we look at the deeper levels of where it comes from, it actually didn't start with us. It didn't start with us at all. It often starts in our childhood, it starts with our parents, and it starts with their belief systems around money or their belief systems around relationships or their belief systems around whether you should go to college or not or what kind of education that you should have, right? And so we get to look at the stories that we're telling ourselves around the places that we're trying to control and then ask ourselves this question, is this an empowering story? Is this serving me or not? And if it's not, then beginning to get curious around, okay, well, how could I change my narrative? How could I begin to communicate with myself differently that would support the story that I'm choosing to write with my life? Because I hope we're all in agreement in the space of working with energetics that we are the creators of our reality. We're the ones with the pens writing the story. And trust me, I understand the complexity of repatterning and reprogramming. I mean, it really talking about presence, it takes us dropping it so deeply <laughs> to the moment and being so compassionate with ourselves in these, in these times of change and rewiring. But ultimately, like through the courage and the willingness to recognize when we're in a disempowering story that's centered around being in control, we have the power to change it and then deciding what would we like to change it to.
so what do you do from there? Mm-hmm. What do you do when you know you have the awareness and you actually have the wherewithal to be like, oh, I don't want to identify as this anymore. I'm here and this is here. We're not one in the same. And this is the direction I want to go. So how do I land in a way that allows me to slowly let go of this and move towards this? Mm-hmm. What does it look like to change that control drama? Mm-hmm. What does it look like to change the narrative of the control drama? First, we get to shift our state. We must shift the state of being that we're in because we can't do all this reprogramming work unless we literally move our energy and shift the state that we're actually in. We have to, we have to move that energy, right? We have, to, we have to take ourselves into a different environment. We have to turn on some music and shake it all out and dance. We have to eat a healthy, nourishing meal. We have to go on a walk on na- into nature. Like First, the place when we're shifting the narrative is shifting the energy in our body. Right? Sometimes like getting some sleep, doing a meditation can be just absolutely supportive because when we come back to our work of changing the control drama or shifting the narrative, we'll have a renewed perspective around it. And maybe we'll be able to invite in some playfulness and some curiosity and some lightheartedness because even though we're doing all this serious work, (laughs) we got to have some fun along the way. The key. Yes, the key. Bringing in the lightness, making it the journey that we want to be on, you know, this stuff that we walk around with, it's so heavy. It's so intense to look and feel when we look and witness all the ways that we're trying to control things, but wanting something completely different. And so letting it be fun, letting it be open, letting it be light, letting it be something that we desire, coming from desire. I was told yesterday that you, oh, what was it? You, you, you're a match for what you are. Don't make it about what you want because what you want is coming from lack because it's coming from, I don't have, so I want. So focusing on the being the being, which is what we do so much in Sanctuary of She. If I'm here and I'm being now, then that is what I attract. And so sometimes it really is the deep work, the deep meditation, the deep journaling, the deep ceremony, the deep whatever it is to shift it. And sometimes it's, I don't need to figure it out. I just desire to make the simple beautiful again. And I just desire to let things make me laugh, to let myself dance and play when it makes no sense at all. Right. You know, I think like if I could have told myself the last few years, you know, Katie mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that um, I've been doing this, this deep diving with the plant medicine work the last three years. And so with that, I mean, there's been deepest levels and layers of healing where I felt like it was never going to end. I felt like I was always going to be in these pits of heaviness and darkness. 
And while for some of us, it, we get to move through things really quick. And I feel like the more that we're used to like moving heavy energy and getting operating, uh, recognizing when we're in control and coming back into our power, it can happen a lot quicker. But what I want to invite and what I want to uh, remind everyone listening is like to give yourself time to be patient with yourself. You know, I really wish that I would have had someone to, to tell me that and to remind me that consistently because during those few years of my life when I really started diving deep into the exploration of my own consciousness and healing my trauma, um, I, I needed to know that it was okay. Like my pace is it, my pace is perfect. My pace is perfect. And this brings us back to what Katie just shared. It's like, um, I love to tell myself, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. When we're doing this healing work, like some people go their entire lives without ever scratching the surface on some of these levels that we're, that you're developing the courage in yourself to go to. And so to know that even though it sometimes feels like it's taking a long time, you're having to do this really deep scrubbing, in the grand picture of your life, it's actually really short. And actually people can spend their whole lives in a stuck narrative, especially we look at, you know, pe people can be in marriages or be in complexes around money that don't serve them for their whole lives because they haven't even looked or gotten curious about what it would, what it would mean to change it. So just inviting in that, that sense of patience and compassion with yourself and knowing that your pace is perfect on this journey because you know that that allows for a lot of that that really is what allows for the repatterning and that sense of safety to really be established i love this i think this episode is really special anchoring in this this deep rooted medicine of understanding the power that comes from not being afraid of your own self and what's actually in there that you might have locked up behind lots of doors and padlocks, but also allowing the opening of it to be the very thing that gives you your life back, that gives you your the openness of every single energy center back. Because when we're holding things, when we're shoving them down and when we're locking them away, our body is doing that by staying in contracted places and keeping certain energy centers closed so that energy can't come through to reach that anymore. And so it's like this freeing, yes, healing journey, but just like you, Obsidian, I, I don't even love, I think we've gotten, especially in kind of the space that we're in of, and many of you listeners here, the healing path has become kind of this trendy thing, kind of this addiction that we have to always being in the work when bringing in this lightness to it and using it actually as a portal to release the control open the energy centers, relax the shoulders, find the safety that is right here right now so that we can step into our power, so that we can be free of ourselves. It's the journey of 
a lifetime in whatever the pace looks like for us. Like how, how epic is that? How epic is that to have conversations like this around these topics? How epic is it to have spaces that nurture these, these pieces, you know? So if we talk about kind of really tuning into all of those different pieces and then coming out to the other side of it, I really also wanted to go into, I think one of the biggest way that we draw this work into the present moment to work with it on a day-to-day basis is through the words that we use, through the verbiage that we use, through the communication patterns that we use. Can you talk a bit about your journey of really working with communication in a way that serves and directly relates to this underworld journey that we go on? <laughs> so if you have not heard of the book, uh, Nonviolent Communication, if you haven't read it yet, and if you're on a journey of really wanting to improve your relationships, and be able to communicate in a way that is empowering and that speaks directly to the point and allows you to be really heard and really received by others well, this book needs to be in your life, right? And and essentially what nonviolent communication teaches is like, how to, first of all, one layer of it is resolve conflict, but, but ultimately like a lot of times when people are speaking, they're not really saying what they mean. They're speaking around it and beneath it and not directly to it because of potential people pleasing patterns or because of some type of fear that's going on or because they don't know how to necessarily communicate. So what nonviolent communication teaches us um, is how to speak, how to share um, what we're feeling, well, what we're, what we're observing, right? What we're observing about an environment, what's happening, what our observations are, what we're feeling then about it, uh, what our needs are, right? So how we could then, how someone could, um, how the environment could shift or how someone's behavior towards us could shift so that we could both uh, be on the aligned trajectory trajectory towards a common goal that we both share. And then the request. So observation, feeling, need, request. This is the, this is the components of nonviolent communication. Um, and so learning how to communicate in this way really allows you to be able to have conversations with your partner, with your mother, with your boss, with your coworker that otherwise would feel super difficult and constrictive and challenging, right? It, it, it helps you to really hu- humanize yourself and humanize another and really speak to the heart of the issue of what's happening so that then you and that other person can get aligned. Okay. Can you walk us through those four pieces one more time and then maybe give us kind of an example? Let's say it's with your husband Mm -hmm. and the problem is the way he asks you to do the dishes 
there's something about it that triggers something you don't quite know where it's coming from. I don't, I don't, we're just going to use that as the example. Then I'm just curious the four steps and kind of how you would navigate that. Right. So my husband is asking me to do the dishes. We'll say he's being very controlling, right? And it, in my body is feeling, um, it, it's bothering me. It's, it's annoying me. So we'll say that's, that's the example. That's what's happening. This is how I would speak to my husband um, to address this and to ask him to communicate with me in a different way. Um, honey, when you tell me that you need me to do the dishes right when I get home from work, I feel like I don't have space for myself after a really long day. And that makes me feel sometimes angry, sometimes frustrated, sometimes like you don't understand me or that you're not seeing how hard I'm working. Would you be able to, I, well, so the, this is, that's the request, we'll go to the need first. When I get home from work, I need, I need some time to be alone with myself. Would you be willing, would you be open to take me taking care of the dishes or you taking care of the dishes if they're not done by, you know, maybe 4 or 5 p.m. before we start making dinner? This would be the request, right? So I kind of, I'm speaking, I'm speaking to, I'm playing with it, I'm butchering it in a little beautiful way, but this kind of gives us an understanding, right? So I'm feeling... You're telling me to do the dishes in a controlling way. I'm feeling not understood and not heard. And, I'm, and what I'm really needing is time with myself when I get home from work to relax. How about if I get the dishes, if we work on the dishes together around this time or when this happens before we take the dog for a walk, how would that feel for you? Okay. So this is huge, you guys. For me, this just brought this whole thing full circle because the first thing I noticed about what you just did was that you showed up from a place of neutrality. You weren't triggered. You weren't angry. You, it seemed as if you picked the time to approach from a place of, like it wasn't going to be thrown like fire. You really had thought about it. And this is something that's been happening for a while, okay? This is one example of so many little things in our lives. But you wouldn't have had the wherewithal to really notice that this was a trigger and to really notice that you desired to change it if you hadn't gifted yourself the space to come into your power to realize that this was creating something that you were storing inside and contracting over to not be afraid of it and to let it come to the surface and realizing that there is a way where we can release this, create a new story around it and do it with love in a real-time setting. That is one check mark off the list of the things we get to do one by one in our power by releasing the, like it almost seems like before this conversation, this woman would have been in a place where, let's say if she's in her control before stepping into her power and becoming the conscious creator and shifting it, 
if she's in her control, it might be her need to be right is what she's in control of. And so she's in this place of just wanting to fire back at him or get angry at him or talk to her friends about how he frustrates her and creating this control drama that ultimately feeds the pieces that keep her in her own cages. So I'm curious now, can we do one with a little bit bigger of a thing? Perhaps this is a mother wound, okay? Mm -hmm. So we start going through our list one by one and we really start releasing control to come into power and learning how to cultivate the space to witness it, move the energy and consciously create a new approach. But what if, what if this is a woman really, really, really upset with her mother for something that she's been holding on to her whole life? And it's so deep that she's never even thought about having a conversation around it, yet she wants to be free of it. And she doesn't want to be afraid of looking at it anymore. She doesn't want to be running away from it anymore. She really wants to access herself on the other side of this. Um let's say it was a, about a specific instance growing up, or actually let's say it was about a thing that the mother used to do. Let's call it the mother used to, um, oh gosh, the mother used to make her put on lipstick every day. This is a little thing my mom used to do that's not like a traumatic thing for me, but she was always like, Katie, put on your lip gloss. And I was like, I don't want to wear lip gloss. <laughs> so we're just going to use that in a very serious setting, okay? For the pe- for the ones listening to this that are like, okay, but how do we do this with the big stuff? But, but the first the first thing is like the, with the big stuff, we have to look at, like you, you spoke into when we're getting triggered, when we're activated, when there's anger coming up, like first of all, we really get that to take that moment to take space for ourselves and to even be able to communicate that with our partner. Like right now I'm feeling anger. I'm feeling triggered. I'm feeling upset. I need some space with myself. Can you give me that time when I'm upset to have some space? And then can we come back to this conversation when I'm more level headed? So that was like me applying nonviolent communication in a whole, in a whole sequence around like being upset and being angered because when we're in those activated states, like, it's really difficult to communicate clearly because we're upset, right? We're, we're feeling tender. We're feeling vulnerable. We're feeling annoyed, right? So it's like even being able to communicate, I am feeling scared. I'm feeling scared. I don't know what's going to happen when you say a woman just lost her job. Like, I don't know what's going to happen at work. I'm so afraid of like losing, not being able to put food on the table or just like, and then maybe there's some tears that fall, right? Because it's like the breakdown happens. Because once you get to the root of the fear, you name how you're feeling, you get to the root of it. Often you'll notice that the emotion then starts to come. Right? So you get to that space where, where it falls and, and then you can really be, if you're with a partner or with your, someone that loves you, can you, can you hold me here? Can you tell me it's going to be okay? Can you sit with me? Yeah, absolutely. So true. And even like, if we look at the, you know, what you, what you spoke about with around the lipstick, it's like when you're approaching these big conversations that are scary, you know, maybe it takes, it takes some pre-conversations before you even get to that big thing. 
So maybe like I, I'll speak from my real time, you know, experience with with my mother, right? I, I didn't have any emotional, still don't have much emotional availability for my mom. So a precursor to talking about maybe something that she does that is just really frustrating and it's not working for me anymore would be um, sitting with her and really being honest with mom. Right now, I am feeling like you're not listening to me. And I would really love to be able to communicate with you. And I'd really be able, love to be able to have a relationship where we can really hear each other and we can really respect and see one another for who we are. Would you be willing to just sit with me in this space? Or would you be willing to have a conversation with me? Um, would you be willing to, yeah, I mean, we're talking about the layers of getting to some of these deep conversations. Would you simply just be willing to be with me in this space of heightened sensitivity? Would you be open to just allowing me some space to be where I am? Would you be willing to just listen to the fact that I'm nervous or I'm scared or I'm uncertain about telling you about how I really feel because I'm afraid of how you'll respond or how you'll react to me. Right? So these are the, the layers that we can start to unpeel to be able to really talk about the deep, hard stuff. Because sometimes when we get into the deep, hard stuff, then people can start projecting or they can get aggressive or they can get defensive. Like these are all the, the control dramas can start to come up. So we have to look at peeling the layers back to get someone really raw and really open and available to have these deep conversations. Mm. I know that there was a part of me when you were in that moment where I felt constricted, even with my own stuff, you know, because when we really go in there, there's so much there. There's so much there. And beneath that, there's even oceans more, you know? And so, but at the end of the day, we want to be able to, to laugh and play with our mom, with our husband. That's That's why we're here. That's what we're here to do. And I think that anchoring in all of these pieces gives us an opportunity or invites us into an invitation to begin to create space with ourselves so that we can one by one start to look at this and move into power. My final kind of big circle question to you is kind of bringing this all back to the power of tuning into our spiritual gifts. As a woman who studies this work and who is deep, deep, deep in these realms of herself and the way that that interacts with every relationship with her life and her world and her creations, and you're not afraid of your stuff. You go headfirst with fearlessness into it like I've never seen before. And then you bring that above ground and you really do the conscious work to make it so at the surface. When we talk about, you know, 
really stepping into our leadership and accessing our spiritual gifts from this place, what does that look like after this conversation? I mean, it's like the, it's really the spiritual gift of like our awakened presence. Mm. Yes. (laughs) Right. Cause it's like, some people might be like, oh, I have clairaudience or I have clairvoyance or I'm this or I'm that. But it's like, all those are just bells and whistles. Like just you being fully in the moment, awake, present here, available to create in your power, then just like every other person in that world, you have access to every single thing that exists because you are all of that. And so am I. And yeah. so is Katie. And so is every every single person. Everyone is this energy and is this power and is this connected. I love it. I love it. So to kind of close this out, one of the pieces in here, one of the pieces of this process that Obsidian just laid out for us that we didn't get to go into as much is what we're bringing to life together in the live workshop. And that is the moving energy piece. That is the somatic piece. We wanted to take from this an actual embedded experience for us to try this on in real time, to put in our tool belt so that as we lean into comfortability around accessing our spiritual gifts by leaning into all the awareness and pieces of consciously shifting, even what's before felt hard, not that it's not going to feel hard anymore, but really leaning into it by using this crucial, crucial tool and technique of somatic work and moving the energy and really pulling up these pieces, being with it, approaching it from a different perspective, moving that and finding out what exists on the other side. We're actually going to walk through that with you guys in the live workshop. And also in that, there's going to be time and space for if any questions have come up for you through the process around this, perhaps this conversation has just kind of been an awakening. You might feel contracted right now having just listened to this because it's just like, whoa, you know, like that this there's a part of you that just wants to shut it off and pretend like it never happened. But there's a bigger part of you that's curious about what life for you would be like on the other side of work like this on your own healing path, whatever this looks like, not being afraid of it anymore and coming into power around it. And so if you have questions around that, bring that in. For Obsidian, we're going to have some space for that. And we're actually going to do some somatic moving the energy work to tune into one of the most exciting pieces. So get ready for that. The schedule will be posted. I'm going to put all of Obsidian's links in the show notes of this episode. You can find her on Instagram at Obsidian White or Temple of the Heart. And Obsidian, is there any final piece on your heart that you want to leave the space with? I would love to leave the space with a visualization for everyone in this moment to see a golden key in their heart space. Mm. Shining, beautiful golden key. And to maybe place your hands on top of that and to bow your head to it and to hold it so close and so true 
every day, every moment, it is yours to create anything you desire. Thank you so much for being here, Obsidian. That was such a beautiful, beautiful opening conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Katie.